That's it. I'm finally here to confront you for all your tricks and schemes and lies. You're just a fake. Am I a fake or am I real? Am I realer more than the fake because I acknowledge that I am fake? Or am I less than real by being a fake who wants to be real? Being fake means that I can't also be more fake, for I am already real by acknowledging that I am fake. There is nothing faker than not being what is considered real. I am fake, but also I am real in my fakeness. There is reality, yes, but also there is the act of being fake. I am both, for I am a faker who has lived in reality, which has always been a shadow made by that which was already fake. There is nothing more real than what can be fake. I am fake. But weren't you fake as well? A realness that could not be taken in by my fakeness. It is my reality that Dude, by being fake... I am literally here to just take back my money. Please just shut up. Damn. All you're doing is talking. Fucking shall the hedgehog wannabe. Okay. Can I have my money back? No. Okay. Welcome to the Otaru Melancholy Podcast. So Taku Melancholy Podcast. Sorry, I bit my tongue. You didn't, you said it perfectly last time. <laughs> yeah, but I it's just hard it's just hard to say, so I kinda just I, I flubbed it. I'm sorry. I, I I'll get it next time. Otaku flub? <laughs> she really did? <laughs> she he really meant it? <laughs> You're just fresh off of this show, I can tell. <laughs> My name is Matt, and I am the iron-blooded, hot-blooded, cold-blooded podcaster who... I guess I just kill people, I don't know. And I'm Brad, and I have the courage to be a pervert. Alright then. I'm so glad you didn't so, take my line. That's actually a really good one you had. Yeah, well, like, I remember at one point when they were talking about Shinobu, our kiss shot as being the iron-blooded, hot-blooded, cold-blooded vampire, and I was like, shit, I want to be that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at these orphans. We got iron-blooded orphans, we got cold-blooded orphans, we got hot-blooded orphans. We got all kinds of orphans you want. <laughs> we even got orphans with parents. We got Barbatos, we got Barbatos Lupus, we even got Barbatos Lupus Rex. We also got one with red eyes. <laughs> We even got Barbados Slim. We got Barbados version 6. <laughs> this is a Futurama reference. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, goodness gracious. Here we are again talking about talking about Monogatari. Yeah. I'm sure our, some of our our astute dedicated listeners have noticed like with th with this being our new like Satoshi Conquest, our journey Monogatari, you might have noticed. Yeah. Wow, there wasn't that much space between the first one and the last one as as there was between the first Satoshi Kon and the next one. Yeah, that's because we're uh, strapped for content. 
you say we're strapped for content but it's like it's literally just here we have all these ideas on a board and it's just i don't want to i don't think i can do any of these how long are these shows yeah i mean we did uh nisei monogatari just because it was quicker yeah (laughs) what fuels the pod laziness (laughs) (laughs) it's it's like it's literally like i think i said at one point i like this is just like an actual game of chicken between me and brad whoever quits first loses <laughs> i mean it's, it's a little like if if we're not would it really be melancholy if we put in effort i'm the only person who puts an actual effort into this is craig yeah imagining Imagine getting these files each week and they start off so strong where it's, yeah, anime. But now at like month 10, it's like, oh, anime. Otaku melancholy. Fuck anime. (laughs) Episode, whatever episode we're on. It's just the Taku Melancholy podcast by the school. Just go to the website, uh, download the episode, you read the title. Oh, yep, mm-hmm. yeah. here we are. <laughs> yeah, our fifth, our 50th episode is coming up soon, um, and we were talking about, we, we, we won't do anything special, we'll do so for our 100th episode. And then I did the math, it's like, our 100th episode will be in September 2021. <laughs> but now yes. it's too late to do something special for episode 50, because that's like soon yeah that's like a few couple of episodes and that'll just mostly be us just like we did it 50 episodes (laughs) thank god we're not doing two episodes every other week (laughs) remember when we did episode every other friday god we were so stupid we were younger back then we thought it was a good idea like we've changed over the course of the year (laughs) and it's not like i've lost any passion for the podcast like i fucking love doing this don't get me wrong it's fun yeah it's also work i mean it's not like we're watching any more bad shows for a while yeah i don't want to watch any bad anime anymore i actually um after aki finishing aki con (laughs) <laughs> Sorry, I had an awkward burp. I'm trying not to burp in the mic because then Craig would be like, maximum clarity. <laughs> you know it. And then everybody would be like, oh man, fuck Matt. It's like, put some reverb on that. <laughs> so after we got done with AkiCon, I was just so disgusted with anime, but I was like, watch the stuff that makes you happy, Matt. So now I'm finishing up JoJo Part 5. Nice. D- dude... I, JoJo is like crack. <laughs> I forget how much I like JoJo until I'm watching JoJo. Crack, you say? I know a certain guy. I know a certain gangster who wouldn't like that. A certain gangstar. <laughs> Does he have a dream? And he hates repeating himself. <laughs> I, 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 I forgot how much I love JoJo until I started rewatching it. Or not rewatching it, but picking up that Golden Wind. Yeah. Or Vento Ario, if you've got that big brain energy. <laughs> Dude, you need to hop on and finish, like, just Golden Wind. Because it... I tried to read the manga for Golden Wind after uh, when I was a big old Joe bro. Yeah. And it... For one thing, 
the manga edits that I got, like the manga scans, were horribly blacked out, so I couldn't tell what was going on. And Araki over there is already giving people weird abilities. Like, <laughs> on Tuesday, he can swap the mitochondria of your cell <laughs> to be reversed orbit, which means that you won't be able to breathe. And I'm, or at least he gets that way. And I'm just like, cool, dude. I don't know what the fuck's happening. Why does Narant, why is, why is Giorno missing a hand now? <laughs> dude. R slash shitpost crusaders had an event the other week where it's uh, like issue 100 of part 8 came out like yeah we're doing a week where you can post part 8 memes spoiler free no restrictions and like be- before that when issue 99 came out or chapter 99 like there was a whole turnaround like before it was like haha Araki forgets and then chapter 99 came out. I was like, Araki never forgot. He always knew. And I'm like, what the, <laughs> what the hell happened? I, I don't know. That's why I want to get into the manga. Yeah. And but the, like after. Go ahead. But like after finishing part seven uh, and people were like, when I finished part seven, Joe Jolion was in part like it was on chapter 40. And I said, I'll wait it out. <laughs> and like, uh. The whole memes were coming out, and I, I was worried initially, like, oh no, what if I see some spoilers? But I had no goddamn idea what was going on. <laughs> and, like, some weird shit happening, like, the hype is five was a fight between two uh, Hercules beetles. And <laughs> the stand names are getting so weird, like, a crimson, uh, like, California King Bed. Doggy style. <laughs> <laughs> and like do 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 da 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 <laughs> it is my stand oobladi oobladi <laughs> and it's my stand wet ass pussy <laughs> <laughs> fucking i have no idea what part 8 is about i and people are still saying part 8 has no villain or something like that part 8 scares me yeah I've heard a lot of things about Part Eight. I I I, I I'm thir- like, I am coming back to my Joe Bro lifestyle, and Part Seven is one of the greatest manga accomplishments I feel like has ever come out. It is a very good, very very interesting manga where you're not given you know concrete good and evil except you know fucking Diego, but you know that's just that's that's Dio. Yeah. But so it's a really nice accomplishment. And I can't I hope we get to that point, but I'm sure that's why David Productions is like stalling on Fire Force <laughs> and uh sells at work, they're like, Oh god, horse horse JoJo's coming up after this one. <laughs> I don't wanna do it. Yeah. I do wanna get to part five. I'm waiting on my friend to catch up on JoJo. Uh, he said and he said we we're gonna watch part five together. Hey Brad's friend. Yeah. His name is Austin. Oh, it's Austin? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Man, fuck Austin. <laughs> <laughs> no, Austin's really cool. Please don't cut that out, Craig, or he's going to get that. No, I like Austin. Austin's funny as shit. Yeah. Well, I am currently on episode 26 of part five. If you want to just zoom right in on over. And like, I remember we took those personality tests at one point. And you got Jorno, and like the more I watch it, I'm like, fucking Brad is Jorno. <laughs> he's in the background, but if you fuck with him, then he's gonna kill you. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no. Um, 
Yeah, after AkiCon, I had to watch actual good anime. So I watched JoJo. I picked up Nichi Bros. Uh, picked up some of my seasonals back. What is Nichi Bros? You know, the Daily Lives of High School Boys. Oh, okay. We talked about it in the anime quiz bowl episode. Shit, I don't remember that. Actually, I do remember that now. Yeah, it was because they said the name was Nietzsche Bros, and we were both like, what anime that? That's cool as hell. <laughs> and we didn't watch it, but I, I just, I needed to get, AkiCon ruined, almost ruined me on anime. I was so disgusted with anime. Yeah. I think Animisery is going to kill us, like... <laughs> Uh, Manu Show ruined you on anime titty, and Agikon almost ruined you on anime period. Yeah, I might, we might need to just reassess and reevaluate the Animisery premise, and maybe make it a bi-monthly thing, because if I have to watch another show <laughs> in the same vein as Akikon, I am going to paint my house a new color, and that color is going to be whatever color my brains are, because I'm going to fucking kill myself. Yeah, what if uh, Komono Gikon is like the one that kills us? I'm sure it'll kill us in more than one way. Yeah. As the fucking police come to our houses. <laughs> I don't know, though. That is something that I'm glad that uh, we are getting, or we have a, several friends and several listeners who are giving us recommendations. Yeah. Uh, which, which is great, because I, we, don't, we don't fucking know what to do for this show. <laughs> Amelia over there has basically given us, like, 25 episodes, or however long Monogatari is. Mm-hmm. And sure, we got our seasonal stuff, which keeps us on schedule, but we hate that, too. I, l- okay, I like seasonals. I like the shows. I just don't like the effort I had to put in. Well, I'm actually feeling the same, a little bit of the same way as you. I used to watch seasonals, like, week to week, but that's just not been feasible with the current things that are going on in my life. Yeah. So what I've kind of had to resort to is giving them, like, five episodes, binging those, pausing, waiting for another set of episodes to come out, then binging those. And actually, it's why I've not picked Fire Force back up, because I watched Fire Force in, like, two days. (laughs) Yeah. And after you get exposed to that experience of watching an anime that's kind of a particular thrill ride, you can't watch it in just bit pieces. And that's what some of these shows are like, like God of High School. Like, I've... Oh my god, why am I burping so much? I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> oh god. Oh god. <laughs> you should have done that in the mic. That was that was soundbite. Ugh, you say that, but the ugh, it's gross. Just let it linger on your pop filter. Just smell it for later. <laughs> oh gross, man. <laughs> uh but yeah, JoJo. No, we, really were, like talk- JoJo. we were talking about seasonals. Oh yeah, seasonals. <laughs> so yeah, seasonals. Seasonals are kind of just this. Like we've got a lot of good stuff coming out, you know. We've got. Oh, we've got Rookie, you know, from Kanajo Okarishi Mas. I mean, Ru- you remember? <laughs> yeah, Ruka. Yeah. Listen, I combined two names together. Sumi and yeah, Ruka. Sumi. But... <laughs> Like, even when I t- typed that out, I was like, that doesn't look right. But I don't care enough to correct it. I am telling you, man, you're going to catch up on domestic... Uh, I keep wanting to call it domestic girlfriend. I am so sorry. <laughs> uh, renty girlfriend. And I feel like, I'm like, Brad is going to like this girl. You're gonna. 
Yeah. You're gonna. Okay. I'm gonna make you. I'll get I'll get to it. It's on my list. But but the the seasonals I, I haven't caught up with as much, but uh I do feel like a big factor of that is honestly just with everything that's going on in my life, it is a little bit hard to just keep up with them week to week. And again, AkiCon just kinda fucked with me, you know? Yeah. Maybe that messed with me too, because I've only watched Nise, uh, like Bakemono and Nisemono. Yeah. And on oh, that yeah. subject, what have you been watching, Matt? <laughs> Nisemono, well, actually, Monogatari second season, but that's not what today's episode is about. <laughs> yeah, we talked 20 minutes about not Nisemonogatari. Yeah, sorry about that. But hey, I mean, like other podcasts do it. They do the pre pre discussion banter. Why? Why? What? We copy. We copy a lot of other things. Why not copy that? Yeah. So we're we're talking about Nisimonogatari, the hit sequel to 2009's Bakemonogatari. This came out in 2012. Also by what Studio Shaft? All yeah, all of these are by Studio Shaft. And hilariously enough, I kept talking about this with the, our web. Our webmaster. I kept calling it Nisekoi. <laughs> and then I was like, wait, Nisekoi was done by Studio Shaft too, so I'm not that wrong. You're just not right. Hey, they could do a crossover, call it Nisekoi Monogatari, and I would be very confused because Nisekoi hasn't been relevant in like six or seven years. Nice. So, following yeah. up on Pokemonogatari, we got Dude, who is Araki Koyomi. And yes. you might have seen them in Mono- Bakemonogatari. <laughs> yeah, you, might, you had to pause the show, watch it just a little bit. You would have catch Kiyomi in there. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a, it's kind of a what you you gotta you just gotta pause and then you'll catch him. Yeah, where Bakemono focused on the four or five girls of Senjukahara, fucking uh, Mayoi. Yeah, Mayoi Hachikuji. Hachikuji. Uh, Sengoku, uh, Kanbaru, and Hanegawa. This yeah. time, they're focusing on Koyomi's sisters, Carrot and Tsukihi. Tsukihi are the Fire Sisters, as they are known amongst their non-existent peers, because Monogatari ain't got time to render crowds. Or parents. <laughs> or parents. <laughs> but they got time to render some swanky-ass Art Deco housing. Yeah, the scariest thing in Monogatari is the houses and adults. Yeah. <laughs> Which is, I feel it. I feel that energy. Yeah. So, yeah. Nisei Monogatari, are fake story, Nisei meaning fake, takes place shortly after Bake, a short, but not shortly enough not for Hanakawa to get a brand new haircut, which, mm, I love her. Really, a lot of people got new haircuts. They did, actually. Yeah, you're right. Senju Gahara did at the end. Uh, Hanagawa mm. uh, cut her hair off. And Kanbaru let hers grow out, which, whoo, did something unexpected uh. to me. And Nisa Monogatari did a lot of things that were unexpected. You know? <laughs> a lot like of suddenly things. become horny. Yeah, so we were talking about this earlier, and like... Like, Nisimono is really horny. Like, Bakemono got into, like, some themes of sexuality and attractiveness and played around with it. 
Nisimoto just went full on edgy. And like when we say it's horny, we don't mean like, oh, like, uh, like Koyomi is horny for these girls or these girls are horny for Koyomi. No, the guys over at Shaft are horny about these characters and want to show it. Yeah, like, listen here. I am a perfectly average, adequate adult male specimen. I am not going to win any sort of awards for anything outside of being, well, let's be honest, for being kind of average. But there are several scenes in this show where I was like, oh, God, why do I have a boner? Why? <laughs> oh, my gosh, why? And I, 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 I. I, I had a come apart at one point because I got a very awkward stiffy <laughs> concerning a certain scene, several scenes actually, mm-hmm. and I, I, I like this. I like the series. Like I like the sort of this show is. It, it continues the Bake Monogatari formula of having this brilliantly written dialogue and interesting stories with these apparitions, but. These two arcs, the two arcs of Karen B and Sukihi Phoenix mm-hmm. or Phoenix Sukihi, they are not on the same, in my humble opinion, just so we get right out of the gate. I don't feel like they're either one or on the same sort of level as some of the stuff we saw in Bake. It really isn't because like with all the with the previous arcs in Bakemono, I'll just call it Baki. with the arcs in Baki, they had a core like a central focus on the titular character with the uh, like Mayoi snail and a uh, Sengoku snake. But with Karen B, you don't really see Karen that often. And Sukihi Phoenix, you barely see Sukihi at all. Yeah. And there's, there's a variety of things that I kind of, I had to sort of bounce around in my head as we were watching this show because I I, I like I like the show. I do like what this 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 series is trying to tell. These sort of ghost modern day ghost stories, these modern day stories of these things that could haunt you and these things that could go on. And the core, you know, the core theme of these two stories is Nisei. It's about fakeness, you know? Yeah. You're dealing with these sisters who are, you know, the fire sisters, Aradagi's sisters, who are fake heroes. They are lauded as being heroes amongst their peers, but they're actually fakes in that they don't really have, they have misguided justice. And Sukihi herself doesn't believe in justice as much as she just follows along with Karen. Yeah. And that's what I feel like we're, our core stories, everything about here in this show is about fakes you're dealing with fake attraction. This is what I was telling you. Like I was going to like my big brain moment when like I finished Nisei Monogatari, I looked at myself in the mirror and I'm about to, I'm about to blow some people's minds. <laughs> but then I'm pretty sure someone's already noticed this because it's not like I'm, this show's been out for what, eight years. Nobody's going to have already everybody, every, every single treaded ground ground out there has been treaded already. I can't bring anything new to the table. Except I can't tell you this. Like I told, put in the description of Bake Monogatari. Monogatari is kind of like the Danny Phantom of anime. <laughs> Truly the highest brow of of, uh, of reviews. Well, like, listen here. Every single every single arc is about a new ghost, right? Yeah. It's about Aradagi trying to get, you know, like, trying to get rid of the apparition. And I, 
I think Danny Phantom came out before <laughs> Bakamonogatari. So I'm just saying that Bakamonogatari or Monogatari series as a whole is just anime Danny Phantom. Let's see, let's see, let's see. Danny Phantom. First episode, April 3rd, 2004. <laughs> when the first uh, Gatari book came out? I think 2006. Let me fact check real quick. I've got every single... All my tabs are devoted to Monogatari right now. I'm so sorry. Wow. Um, 2005. So, yeah. I mean, there you go. Yeah, you, you have definitive proof that there's a possibility yeah i i am not unwrong <laughs> but i'm not a hundred percent right you have enough to write a thesis and this is my thesis that adadagi is horny danny phantom fenton thank you for coming to my ted talk <laughs> <laughs> he's gonna catch him all because he's adadagi gonna catch him all because he's uh well I mean he is kind of like that with his waifus um yeah all these so and here's a variety of things that uh you know we could be talking about that I would like to discuss with you and bounce off your head it's not just Adonagi who became horny everybody became horny yeah I mean just the the show itself there's a lot of nude scenes a lot of panty shots a lot of leg and like all these characters are like trying their own unique spin on trying to get wet with Koyobi. Yeah, and you know how in the last episode I said something of the fact of like Kanbaru's a lesbian? Yeah. This episode, this show I was not so sure. Yeah. I was I was like possibly bisexual, maybe. But uh there's just a lot of horniness in this show. And one of the this show is responsible for so many cringes and so many just awkward lookaways and prayers that my roommates <laughs> don't come into this room. And the first one is one of the ones that sticks out to my mind was like a horror movie of Aranagi sidling along to an unsuspecting Hachikuji. Mm-hmm. And I was like, please, Aranagi, <laughs> don't do it. And then, oh loud, he did it. Yeah, and you and like it. It doesn't even stop there. Like with the with the prior cast of Baki, it continues with the current cast of Nisei. And if you pay attention to who the cast is, there's a big wee woos going off there. <laughs> yes, several wee woos occur. This is this has got the scene. Like if you don't like this is this is this show. I thought the scene the scene was in Baki. Because I didn't know anything about Monogatari, you know? Yeah. The entire time I was clenching my butt cheeks like, he's going to get a toothbrush. I feel it. Where's the toothbrush? <laughs> the entire time. Yeah. If you've seen anything about uh, the Monogatari series, you've seen the toothbrush scene. Yeah, we've all seen the toothbrush scene. It's... I've seen horror compilations of it. Just by changing up the music, it becomes horror. Yeah. So, so yeah, summary for those of you who are listening to the podcast before you watch the show. Uh, first episode opens up with uh, Shinjo Gahara pinning, basically trapping Koyomi in the cram school to protect him. And then 
Koyomi says, I bet you're wondering how I got into this situation. Well, it all started when I was horny as fuck. I feel like I've been misled about the whole Gatari series. I thought Shinjo Gahara would have more of a presence in this series. And I, I, I don't know how I got that impression other than like her being the first or the second character revealed in this show. And also with Bakimoto Gatari having her on the damn cover. Yeah. And Nisa, even in Bakimono, like she didn't show up all that much, which is fine, you know have some attention between that's more of like the relation between Koyomi and the new uh, person of the arc and how it relates yeah. from one to the other. Nisa, she's barely here at all. Yeah. I mean, and the, but the first arc is basically, it, it starts off being, Oh no, Karen. But then it suddenly, Oh no, <laughs> Sinjo. Yeah. And I, so, like like I was saying, you know, the first episode is talking about how Kayomi gets in this situation. And he does some stuff that is honestly kind of sketchy, you know? Yeah. Like, Nautico gives him a call and he says, she's, he calls up Nautico and says, hey, you want some fuck? <laughs> our, our, our proposition's her to hang out. And he goes over there and hangs out. And apparently Senjo is aware, is aware of where he goes and is okay with it, mm-hmm. which I'm just in awe. I mean, I've been in relationships where it's, hey, I just saw that you breathed. Where'd that air go? That's some, yeah, some weird inconsist- it's inconsistency. Koyomi is a horny boy, and he thinks about sexual stuff a lot, like any normal Boy, yet he can't fathom the implications of Twister. Yeah, like when the second episode when Nautico's like, "Let's play Twister," I was like, "Oh no, <laughs> let's not play Twister because Sinjo Gahara is gonna come through that window and re- cut your dick off." Yeah, like even if you've never heard of Twister before, like when you start playing, you can see where this is going. Yeah, like, I have never... I've played Twister... I've only played Twister... I think I've only played Twister twice. Yeah. And it was very uncomfortable. But I played it also when I was an adult, and I was like, hey, you're near my genitals. Cool. So, the first... His his hangout with Nautico, I was already just... Are you not going to tell your girlfriend, dude? Yeah. You're not going to say anything? So I was a little bit unnervous, especially a little bit unnervous, unnerved, you dipshit. I was a little bit uncomfortable by what was going on. And I was just thinking the entire time because after that grand plot twist for me in the last Bake, the Bake episode where Nanako's in middle school, I was triply concerned, especially <laughs> since... Koyomi over here just doesn't care. He'll touch whatever he can get. Yeah. And and there's also the weird thing of him, Senjo Gahara, and Hanagawa. Or Hanakawa. I've been saying Hanagawa this entire time. You did not correct me once. I I'm let I let you free to to find your own mistakes. So between those three, 
And there was one particular line he said, I love, I love Senjo Kahara, but Hanakawa is the perfect woman. And I'm like, that? Well, she is. And I'm like, dude, dude, dude. This is like, pull him off to say, dude, do you really love Senjo Kahara? Blink twice if you're in trouble. Are you being, <laughs> are you being bullied? <laughs> well, I, I mean, is Subasa not the perfect woman? She kind of is. I don't hear anybody arguing with me. You don't hear anyone agreeing with you either. I'm agreeing with me. Yeah, well, where's that got you? Uh, to hear being right? <laughs> well, I, I... and This is one of the things that I like about this show, but I'm also having trouble with, with this show. Yeah. And what it is is that some of these... Some of these, there's some really very well-written characters, obviously, you know? Yeah. Like, no human being on this earth just handles things so simply unless, it's just not possible. Emotions are complicated. So, some of what Aragi, what happens to him and what kind of transpires in his mind, I understand, you know? Like... Maybe, I don't want to say anything that'll just make me look like an asshole, but I can understand sometimes being, like, understanding some of the feelings he's having. But I also, there's times when how he behaves seems so ambiguous to what feels like consistent characterization. You feeling? Yeah. Because his whole touchy-touchy with Mayoi... I don't understand what where's that coming from. Is it a serious joke? Is it playing around? He doesn't seem. It, I just also. Well, I mean, I, it seems like he's playing around because it was the one the first time that happened was an accident, and then he rolled with it, and then every time it's like an inside joke, and then yeah. the one time he decided not to do it, then Maioi was really, you know, disappointed because you yeah. know it was an inside joke between them. Oh, I might be forgetting some parts. Well, I mean, there's just certain things like there's I like character ambiguity. I like. I like that. I like that in the show. And I like that you get kind of these vibes, you know, that maybe Senjo Gahara is not an actual Sundari as much as she's just pretending to be. Yeah, which I like, which I really like. There was one scene I really liked where uh, it, they're they're stacking. She's stacking pencils, mm-hmm. and uh, they're talking about go- whether uh, they're t- debating on Koyomi going with her to confront Kaiki. Yeah, we'll we'll get into it in a minute. And there was that one line he said where, uh, what was it? When I think about it, I can't think of a reason why I love you, or I can't think of a reason why I care, but I love you, so I don't need a reason. And then it zooms in on Sindra Kahar, and she has this stunned look on her face. Mm-hmm. Like, Koyomi, in his simplicity, just bluntly states the facts, and it's so... For being so blunt, it cuts deep, mm-hmm. and Sindra Kahar just was not prepared for something like that. Yeah. So I really like that. I really want to see more of that because I'm having a hard time believing Koyomi and Senjo Gahara being in a relationship with each other. 
Yeah. Like, I I can accept it, but I just want, you know, I want to see more of it. Yeah, I I honestly feel like as we're watching more and more of the show, you know, like I've already I've already ascended to the level of the gods <laughs> on like the like I'm on Monogatari's second season. And my favorite parts are when Adaragi and Senjogahara are together. Yeah. Like it's it's actually one of those things like I do like in shows is when we have character dynamics and this show has a, or this franchise has a lot of that. I like it when Subasa and Senjo Gahara are together because it's kind of this weird sort of Senjo Gahara has this weird reverence almost for Subasa. Mm-hmm. And Subasa is just weirdly guarded against Senjo. But yet Senjo weirdly has this it's just it's it's nice little character dynamics. And I feel like this show in particular is kind of the characters are becoming more vivid you know yeah because we're looking at a Subasa who's taken a sudden turn for the more i guess snide and snippy she's yeah. not so friendly and well-meaning as she was in the in Bake. she's and i think that has to do with the results of her arc mm-hmm. and the ramifications of that yeah the 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 Subasa Black, yeah, or Neko Black, yeah. Which <laughs> I I I I enjoy. I I I. This is why I think I'm having such reverence for the show. Is just we are seeing characters have active sort of personality changes and responses to what's going on to around them. Yeah, which some shows that are just just as long fail to do everybody feels like they're stagnant like we're not looking at characters who are well i don't feel like bak uh, monogatari's world is particularly real it feels kind of empty at times in the environments <laughs> yeah yeah like you were talking <laughs> about it earlier Araragi's room creeps me out he's got that he does have that nice little banana uh banana couch yeah but it doesn't look comfortable yeah i don't see i couldn't see anyone in the banana couch yeah and, and his his house dude's house is weird yeah it's like an art installation it is and the bathroom is like what a what a unity asset design designed bathroom i'm gonna place the bathtub here in the middle of the giant ass room this is my first time playing the sims mm-hmm. and and like there's the twin beds where it's like one bed is on the ground, and then the other stairs are like the stairs from Edna's mansion in The Incredibles, where it's just suspended, going upwards into a suspended upper bed. Like, who lost the rock, paper, scissors in that? <laughs> you must climb the double bed. Yeah, and and but it's it's good. It's it's interesting environments, you know. Like I see it, and I'm like, that's cool. But it doesn't feel right. It, it it's it's kind of a weird feeling of dysphoria. Mm-hmm. Like these, it feels uncomfortable. But I can't put a reason as to why it's uncomfortable. And there are certain areas in the house, like Adadagi's, you know, their downstairs area feels it looks perfectly normal. So 
It's kind of like what an alien or an AI would design a house to be. Mm. Yeah, it's it is house, but it's not a house. Yeah, it, it feels like Art Deco, art a, a piece of Art Deco, sort of combined with. I just, I just don't know. I just, it something feels off. The and locations in Bake were were the same style, but they were very like you know enjoyable because they are unique environments that kind of add to the the unique flair, unique style of monogatari. Whereas this is someone's house where that we're expected for them to live in. Mm-hmm. And it's just kind of it's just really odd. Yeah. And there, you know, there are obvious scenes that could that suspend your disbelief even in Bake where we're looking at Meme and his tower of desks. Yeah. And his cram school lifestyle. But it works for that sort of character. I'm getting this sort of vibe that he's just doing whatever he wants to do and he's just bored. Or that it's just a the the environment is doing part of the setting the atmosphere. Yeah. And it, it's giving by seeing all these deaths stacked up, I'm saying, how did that happen? And it's giving Oshino a vibe of mystery. But outside of the some of the scenes like with the bathtub, it's just I, I, it's giving me a sense of when, and we'll talk about that too. The environments are playing up to what mood they're trying to set, but when you actually take a still of the environments and look at them, I don't know what their feasible purpose is except to be artful. Yeah. And that's not a bad thing. You know, like, I'm not, this isn't me shitting on that decision. <laughs> I just think it's peculiar. And a lot of things have been changed from, you know, Bake to Nisei. And that was one of them. So let's see. So we have, we have a, a couple new characters joining in the fray. Uh, so we have Karen and Sukihi, Sukihi, who had a support. Supporting would be generous at best. A supporting <laughs> role in Bakke Monogatari, and yeah. are now main characters in this one. Uh, supposedly, <laughs> quote unquote main. <laughs> yeah. So the first one, like. I don't know. Maybe it's just weird. I, this is, seems like some weird favoritism with Karen having seven episodes in her arc and Sukihi having only four. Well, the first three episodes are honestly not about Karen at all. They're they should be really and truly just be called Koyomi B because it's just Koyomi meeting all these new people, like the new character, one of the new characters, uh, Deshu Kaiki. Yeah. Who, who is who? multiple times describes uh, explains his name like being what was it a mountain mountain of clams something like that and then the key meaning a uh, dead tree yeah he is kind of cool he is the first time he he arrives on the scene i was like i thought to myself this guy is the antithesis of oshino who you know <laughs> is very brightly colored with bright hair who stands out you know amongst dark backdrops like the like the school but kaiki is just so dour he looks like the dad from caroline in a way <laughs> you know and and, yeah. and and in in some retrospect in some aspects yeah and we learn that he is a con man a fake a person who displays himself like oshino but 
He does not have any skill whatsoever. He just, he knows people. He knows a guy. Karen takes out the mantle of responsibility and decides to deck this guy because he's given out curses at school. The same yeah. kind of curses that affected Sengoku and Bake. Yeah, which is a nice little tie-in to show you know how that kind of thing happens, but... Yeah. So that's cool. But... But, uh... Yeah, so she goes to confront Kaiki, and Kaiki says, goes on his traditional monologue, as Kaiki does, and then fucks her up with a B. Mm-hmm. And she gets the... She gets the fever. Yeah. I got a fever, and the only prescription is someone get this B out of me, please. <laughs> the only prescription is a beatdown. <laughs> Did you hear the buzz about town? I got stung. There's not too many fights in the Gatari series, but when they happen, who boy, they're nice. Yeah, when... Ooh. When a fight occurs in Monogatari, it is... It is some some quisp. So let's see. So Karen gets afflicted with a bee. And Koyomi I get what does he do? He goes to he goes to Senjo Gahar for help or he finds out that Senjo knew him, knew Kaiki. Um So I'm trying to remember. Well, first of all, one of the thing. Well, first of all, before he does all of that, he finds out from Shinobu, who has finally decided that she's going to be a character and not just be a environment decoration. <laughs> and oh my god, this show gave me two stupid laughs, and one of them is Aranagi in the bath with Shinobu, and then Sukihi coming in. <laughs> <laughs> Just departing and then com- coming back with a knife. <laughs> Which made me pause the show and laugh because it was just so... Just, where's this girl? I'm a cutter. <laughs> but, um... Yeah, he, he goes to... He goes to Senjo Gahara to get her help. Yeah. And then she says, Oh, hey... Don't fuck with that guy. He bad, okay? I don't. He fucked me over. Which, you know, again, ties back into Bake, where why was why was Senjo poor? Because of people like Kaiki, except Kaiki was the only one who apparently had the most to help. Yeah. So that's kind of cool in its own so in its own way. Yeah. And then they get to Kaiki, and it's not really much of a confrontation. They're just like, go away. And it's like, all right. He says, fine, I was going to do it anyways, but here's my monologue. <laughs> Which, I, I, when I was listening to it, I had to pause and rewind several times because it wasn't like he was speaking big brain. He was just speaking in that sort of verisimilitude. Is that what I'm talking, thinking of? Now look who's big brained. <laughs> I... Th- he it's whatever, the, yeah, yeah it, verisimilitude. He was talking in a way about a feeling that was particularly real to me in particular, 
I guess. I don't know if it hits you the same way where he was discussing about how in, in the act of being someone who is fake, he has in, he has transcended into being real because of trying not to be fake. And that's kind of, I was like, I was like snapping going, man, this motherfucker spitting. Yeah. He talks in that kind of way where when you get into deep philosophy, the words you say just become so simple and repetitive because that's all you can use to describe. Like, yeah, you can't be because the act of being includes being one. The oneness of yourself, the being of being be. <laughs> be, 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 be. <laughs> and for you, it really hit. But for me, it was like, I see what you're saying, but it sounds like you're just trying to use philosophy to sound impressive. Yeah. And 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 he and you're just repeating yourself because you're trying to talk more and you're running out of things to say. Yeah. But I mean, what his discussion with Senjo and Aradagi in particular was what was hitting off with me was some of the sort of feelings that had been going on in Bake, you know, sort of that denial of, you know, Senjo denying her mother all sort of the aspects that came with it, the actual weight in reality that transpired by that by that priest trying to touch her, and how that you know all, all that sort of tying in together is what was kind of hitting with me because I I'm a big fan of I'm a big fan of I was gonna say tie-ins but not really tie-ins but callbacks yeah and building upon other things and not in an ass pooly way that I hate ass pools as far as building lord through your asshole I don't like mm-hmm. that at all but he was kind of getting to some points that really I, I felt build on sort of the feelings that we saw in Hitagi crab but at the same time yeah I also feel where you're coming but you're coming from because it did kind of descend slowly into by the fakeness that is fake I myself have seen the reality by only seeing what was <laughs> fake and I was just like Somebody fight. <laughs> Someone punch him. He won't fight back. <laughs> he he wouldn't. He would just be like, ah, this punch was real. But yeah, it's, it's base, the base, just so I have this right, the basics of what he said is, there's someone who is real, but by accepting myself as being fake, am I not more real? I mean... Yeah. <laughs> okay. So so they cure they cure Karen. It turns <laughs> they out, cure it turns, Karen. It turns out there was no big deal. Yeah. After and the cure for Karen was getting kissed by her, her brother. Uh, well, the cure. Of, I think he, Koyomi did that because he just wanted to do that. No, that's what the Shinobo said. Shinobo. <laughs> <laughs> Shinobu said that in the bath. She was like, it's going to be a ritual that you're not going to particularly like. And he said, tell me. And so he had to kiss his sister and take out the poison. Yeah, the ritual was to take the bee and put him onto himself. That And that only took half of it. The cure, like Kaiki said, the cure was the... It wasn't a real bee. It was just like a fake bee. It'll, it'll go away in a few days. Yeah. But... He... He he still drained the poison in her body by kissing her, but he didn't heal, take all of it or something like that. Yeah. But I was getting, and then we got into the next arc where I was getting big, big <laughs> Ordemo vibes. Yeah, so because 
what was it, episode eight? Episode eight is the infamous toothbrush scene. Well, that too, but I was suddenly getting the vibes that Kieran wouldn't have resisted if Aradagi decided to, like, go on her. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he did after it all. it was all said and done. What? Yeah. No. Yeah, after the toothbrush scene? I don't you are you are is the are you did you read the implications that they fucking Yeah, I mean they both said I, I wouldn't mind if we if we had two out of three. After a while we did get interrupted and and Koyomi was like maybe or no, Karen was like, Maybe I could brush your teeth. It's only fair. And oh. then Koyomi said after that, Karen and I became a lot closer. And like they fell into, they fell onto the, like, quote, like artistically fell onto the ground as they were embracing each other. I was like, they fucking. Oh my God. You can't be serious that you thought that. I'm only half serious. Like, I, like, I see what the implication you're trying to, deli- you're trying to serve to me, Nisimono. And I'm going to take you up on your bluff. <laughs> they are now fucking in my head, Cannon. <laughs> And I dare anyone to disprove me. <laughs> Join us on the Discord. Try to prove me wrong that they didn't fuck. Oh my god. Well, I mean... <laughs> yeah, please join the Discord, but the only person I think that... I mean, like... I'm pretty Koyomi sure that- has kissed both his sisters. The first one, Karen, to help her. Sukihi, just to see. He's also already at this point fondled their breasts as well. Both of them. Yeah, he fondles Sukihis and Neko Monogatari Black when she says, Fondle my breast to see, and he immediately does it. <laughs> no hesitation. I mean, that happened in Nisimoto too, when uh, when he was leaving the house, and he like uh, ripped her clothes off. <laughs> yeah. This is not paying Koyomi in a good light. And uh, <laughs> he... He noticed that her scars were gone. He got up off the ground and uh, like did a little grope as he was getting up. And Suki said, Why'd you do that, Oni-chan? And what Koyomi, are you doing, big brother? And Komi said, It was there, so I thought I'd touch it. What a fucking Chad. <laughs> the Chad, Kiyomi, Koyomi. Uh... Also, that scene where Tsukihi just barges in on them as they're brushing teeth. <laughs> Another had to pause and just laugh it out moment. I knew it was coming that she was just going to barge in there and be like, what are you doing? Oh, and, and that was when Karen said, oh, you know, we, we should go two out of three. After all, Tsukihi will be at the store for a while. Which is a literal plot point in actual pornography. It's like, your wife is going to be out for a while. We could do something dirty. <laughs> and, then, and, <laughs> and then they're just in the kitchen ma- trying to make a chocolate cake with really smeary icing. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, you God. Know what I'm sh- I like the most? Oh, no. Cake farts. Oh, shut the fuck up. Let's get L- this done. No. <laughs> shut the actual fuck up. Stop trying to make this into fun. 
Listen, I'm not going to deny that I'm sure that some hentai artist saw that and said, the, said, <laughs> all right, time to hit my home run since you're throwing these low balls. I hope they review this episode with reviewing our application for Apple, for Amazon podcast. <laughs> oh my goodness. Bezos is going to say, I will take this one personally. And then listens to it and s- says, I've had enough. <laughs> please bezos senpai who all can already buy my life please approve us uh so so yeah (laughs) he notices the oh and then after that we get the scene or we get the arc the little mini arc of let's go i want to go meet kanbaru huh Okay, let's do rock. Oh, so the, the I I'm remembering things as we get there because again I watched Nisei as soon as we finished Bake, so it's been a minute. Yeah, but the stupid ass scene where let's do rock paper scissors to determine who'll win. <laughs> I know a tip to always win rock paper scissors, and it was the most juvenile bullshit. The most <laughs> I won level bullshit I've ever heard in anime. If I wait and they already go, then that means they cheated and I win. It's like, excuse me? It's like, imagine playing rock, paper, scissors where you you bat your head down, your fist down on your hand. Like, rock, paper, and then on scissors you actually shoot. So yeah. Karen does the whole thing of rock, paper, and then shoots. And then it does it continuously. I won because you waited too long. Oh my and god. She deservedly got punched in her damn face for just wasting everyone's damn time. <laughs> it's like I was actually sort of looking forward to like hearing this tip and I hear such a ju- like you said, juvenile thing. It's it's like it's that same energy of that one friend you had in middle school. It's like I'm the guest, so I play with the with controller one. Yeah, exactly. I I've had I've had similar things happen with rock paper scissors where we're like playing pretend and there's a big sword and like a shitty small sword and it's like we'll we'll play rock paper scissors who gets the the big sword or whatever and it's like rock paper scissors shoot and I win it's like you win so you get the small sword. Okay, yeah, no, I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah. It's like those people who cut cut things in half and then get to decide what half each body person gets. Fuck that. If you (laughs) cut it, you don't get to pick what side people get. That's the rules. That's the fairness. This is justice. I am justice. Or like when they come over, it's like, I'm the guest, so I picked the game we play. And they pick the game they're, of course, good at. Oh, yeah. Of course. Looks around nervously. <laughs> <laughs> Let's determine this by Smash Brothers, Brad. Aw, <laughs> oh, shit. Here we go again. <laughs> yeah, I know what you... I, 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 so, that, I, I feel it. Yeah. Exactly. I was... Mm. So, then... She she gets to they get to go there on 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 back on 
with with Karen carrying carrying Aradagi on her back, which I already was just uncomfy. It felt weird, especially with the whole I cut off my ponytail with my car key or with my keys. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, Koyomi, can you can you readjust your crotch is digging into my neck? It's very uncomfortable. <laughs> Can you please cut off your dick so you can get this ride? (sighs) Your calves are pressing into my breast. It's very uncomfortable. This is the most sexual piggyback ride I've ever witnessed. Yes. Why is Nisei so horny? (laughs) Why is Nisei so horny? Because (laughs) when... Who did when this? he calls Kanbaru, she is naked and doing the splits on the ground. Yeah. And Wait. I was like, uh-oh, boner alert. Which she did before in Bakemoto, and like her she noticed how her she noted how her grandmother passed on and had a very disappointed look on her face. But can we get the director Tomoyuki Itamura on the line and like get him in? It's like, what why is Nisei so horny? I I it's based off a novel. Was the novel more horny? Did Nyoyoisin... I always forget his name. Did he say, instead of just going, they 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 held hands. They held hands, rubbing each other's <laughs> thumbs vigorously as if they were searching for some unknown pleasure that could only be described as such fornifications among, the, among fingers. Yeah. Like, that's the vibe I'm getting. I'm getting that he wrote that shit super horny. Okay. And then... I like to imagine that the uh, the author Nisioisen yeah, uh, is one of those one of those like palindromes or what? And you're he, my palindrome. Hey, hey. And like he put the same level of detail into the handholding as George R. R. Machina allegedly did with food scenes. Yeah, actually. It's like it was. There was a Reddit thread about that. Like, what is a quirk about an author that made you think this man is horny for some blankety blank? And it's like, I think George R. R. Martin has a hard on for food because he puts a lot of detail in food scenes in his books. He really does. Now that I'm thinking about it, there's some other author. Oh my goodness, Haruki Murakami. And some of the stuff he talks about just casually makes me think, man, I really want whatever this guy's talking about right now. Yeah. You know what's bad? Like you were you were thinking of another author, and I was thinking, he's gonna mention Harhi Murakami. That's my I'm glad favorite. you didn't disappoint. I'm literally I have a big crush on Murakami's works. I'm a big fan of mystic realism when it's actually written well. Yeah. Mostly because I feel like and this is something I think I talked about the last time we did a Monogatari. That this has some very, it had some pieces of mystic realism ingrained in it. And I think that's why it was stroking just the right spots for me. Because I like when the mundane or the average day-to-day lifestyle is sort of interrupted by something that's hard to explain. And the apparitions are hard to explain. Yeah. You know. At some point, they're talked about as if there's something that were influenced by man, but they're outside of man. And so it's one of those things, like, I could deconstruct it, and I'm sure there is some concrete evidence that we might see in later shows as to what the nature of an apparition is. Yeah. But 
right at this point, it feels like some sort of mystic realism. It's reality that is just acceptable, but it's magical. And so it's easy to fit into these people's lives, which is cool by me. Yeah. You know Anyways, what? Anyways. Haruhi Murakami is Japanese. That's close enough to Intaku. We, we could do a book review on that. You will not read a book. Don't fucking lie to me. I can read a book. I'm learning. <laughs> if, you, if I get the book and, and you tell me to read it, then I might do it. Okay. Okay. Heard. Okay. I'll just I'll just have to find a copy of IQ84 and then we'll be good. I, I am. Li- I literally thought at one point that we fucking should do a light novel review, but you'd be like, oh, <laughs> pictures and words. Well, light novel is different because I can read those. And I'm like, this is supposed to be anime, but I read a book. It's like, ah, oh, yes, book. Hi, <laughs> yes, book, book. Highly intelligent, learned philosopher Brad. But if I gave you a light novel, you'd be like, ugh, <laughs> this guy. It's like I could see the anime in my head, and it's trash. <laughs> <laughs> I hate <laughs> uh, yeah. So let's see. So th- we get into the next arc, which is around Sukihi. And well, it doesn't really get into Sukihi. She, she doesn't really show up to like like the last third of her arc. Sukihi is the plot device which moves along the plot. And what I was going to say is after the whole stupid Yay, we met up with Kanbaru, and she's got clothes on, and I already had my awkward boner going, uh-oh. Yeah. Kanbaru is weird. Okay, so, like, one of my weird fetish things is, l- yeah. I, I don't know what it is. Yeah. Don't lean into your mic like that, because <laughs> you're going to say this is vanilla as hell. But the small of the back, the small of the back where, like, you can see a little bit of the spine. You know, like where there's that curve? Yeah. I kind of like that. Dude. Yeah. I know exactly what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> like, I have this weird thing. So you've played Monster Hunter World, right? Yeah. So you know, like, the, the station where you get your provisions, where you get all the barrel stuff to make barrel bombs? Mm-hmm. So there's, a, there's, this, there's this girl to like the side of that station and she's always like crouched down looking at something in some like fish barrels or whatever mm-hmm. and every time i pass her going from like the uh the quest the quest board to say anywhere else and i always pass like mm, damn you got a nice back so i know exactly what you're talking about like all okay, the other char- all the other characters in that in that game are like yeah all right all right like I kind of like the uh, the lady at the um, research place at the re- research right yeah. across from the provisions. Yeah. But there's that there's that one girl. It's like, damn, I like your back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember when we were playing, what was it, Monster Hunter World Four Ultimate or whatever. Yeah. And you were like, I thought if you had like three wishes <laughs> with my phone, by the way, you would bring the guild marm to life and you would just just you were so into the guild marm. Uh, I mean, yeah, she was she had you, that ginky girl aesthetic and those fucking thighs. I mean, it was concerning because I 
was completely apathetic to this character. I was just, <laughs> yes, yes, please give me my quest. Thank you. Goodbye. Meanwhile, you over there going, oh, yeah, I love it when you give me a quest. You're over there like, yes, please give me a quest. Don't call me fucking Doodle one more time. I swear. Oh, yeah. Fuck. Don't call me Doodle. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, okay, so normally I come up, I walk up to her and then talk to her. But if I take the extra step to set myself to the side, then she'll turn to me and I'll be able to see her thighs. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Holy moly. <laughs> Here's my strategy code on how to see the Gilmore's thighs. <laughs> 10 million hits on YouTube. <laughs> what do you mean IGM rejected my article? <laughs> Game packs, how to get horny while playing Monster Hunter 4. Oh, anyway, my point here is that <laughs> What are we even talking about? Kanbaru's lower back when she's doing the splits is what was getting me. I was yeah. the, the perspective. <laughs> the perspective had me excited. But they're on their way. They're on their way in that awkward product in that awkward situation. And then Yozuru Kaganui shows up on the mailbox and says, Sup. <laughs> Where's the cram school? And both of them are just basically to the point of it's over there she says if you see this person that looks this high tell them where i'm at bye <laughs> and yeah i'm like okay cool you know that's that's pokemon agatri so go home they see mayoi and or kuyomi meets up with mayoi and then what is his name ononoki yeah. Oh, no, Noki, who I knew about from being from Monogatari before I knew anything else because of her design. Yeah. I, she showed up and I said, oh, it's that girl, the one I knew about before. Yeah, I had the same thing. Yeah, it was kind of cool, I wasn't it? I knew about her design before knowing about Monogatari. Yeah. I, I, I knew what she looked like, but I didn't know her character. And she talked and I said, that is not what I thought she would be like at all. Yeah, I was very disappointed too. I said with a post face or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I just don't know what I thought she would be like. I guess I had this hype for her in my head, and then she appeared, and she went off to go meet Yozuru. After saying, "Hey, nice ass, snail girl." <laughs> I know she didn't actually say that, but I'm yeah. trying to keep up with the bants. But she, she basically said, "Where's the cram school?" And it's like it's over there. And it's like, okay, I said with a pose face, and she leaves. Oh, yeah, you should, I said with a pose face. And that so, was... yeah, so this gets into, like, the new two characters. We had Kaiki and Yozuru, who we learned later were classmates for Oshino. And they yeah. formed, like, the, these three different philosophies about... Uh, Handling spirits or app- handling apparitions. Oshino mm. has this very calm and nearly pacifistic way of dealing with them where he wants, he tries to get the person to solve it on their own and yeah. to like learn a lesson from it. Yosuru is just like, I'm here to beat ass and kill spirits and I don't see any ass. 
<laughs> Basically, I'm the good guy. I'm going to kill you now. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'll get into that in a minute. And Kaiki is like the... It's like the the, uh, the secret option E, where it's like, I'm going to have these people help themselves, but I'm going to make a profit off of them. Yeah, and there was that whole thing that she talks about later about how, you know, what they pose that question about what it is it real or is it fake or what is the nature of these things being real and or the apparitions or something to that extent and Yozuru's like they're real. And Kaiki's like, doesn't matter, they're fake. And Meimei is like, maybe they are, maybe they aren't. Yeah. Yeah, that was it. Yozuru's like, they're real. Oshino's like, ah, could be this, could be that. Kaiki's like, the only real thing is money. And because I'm the fakest of them all, that makes me more real than any of you. Or something like that. Yeah, doing this whole Kaiki shit. Yeah. Being a Kai cunt. (laughs) But yeah, there's so... I don't know, I think I'm skipping ahead of myself, so... Uh... They show up at his house, and they fucking gangbusters fucking Tsukihi. She's fucking dead half on the ground. And then she comes back, and it's like, See? She's she's an apparition. <laughs> Proof, I killed your sister. She an apparition now. Yeah, just blow his house the fuck up. Mm-hmm. I feel like it could be like a... One of those taken out of context or su- oversimplified. Uh, random chick comes up to house and fingers Sukihi until she's dead. <laughs> <sighs> I mean, it's not wrong though. They just basically go up and say, "Time to fucking die," mm-hmm. and she just keeps ringing the doorbell. Oh no, no, <sighs> she- and that annoyed me because I know people in my life who do that. They just ring the doorbell until someone answers and Onanoki doing that was making me irritable. Yeah. It, it confused me at the start because I saw her ring the doorbell once and then Koyomi got there and I kept hearing the doorbell. I was like, is this part of the background music now? And I hear, heard it off rhythm. I was like, no. They're still ringing the doorbell. And then Tsukihi shows up and then <laughs> scratch. <laughs> <laughs> and she started off saying the most relatable line I'm trying to pretend I'm not here <laughs> and then she uh, gets bopped the fuck up <laughs> then it's revealed she is a phoenix she gets booped so hard that her upper half evaporates so yeah uh, I guess we're just Fuck spoiler warnings. We can't talk about this without spoilers. Yeah, I mean... We'll pass the point over to her. I mean, who is going to be watching, listening to the Nisa Monogatari episode after... I mean, like, come on. Yeah. I mean, like, if you don't want spoilers, I'm sure... I'll put a spoiler tag in the description. I'll something. That's what I'll do. So Yozuru's like, see, that's a spirit. We gotta kill him. And, uh... That's my fucking sister, bro. Yeah. That's my sister. Not really. That's a fake. And then we get this whole as this is where the different philosophies of it's not fake, it's not real, it's fake. Yeah, which is just tying the whole arc together. You yeah. know the entire the entire sort of moral of this anime. Yo, what's fake can be real. 
Yeah, honestly, but, when it got to that point, it was really giving me some do Android stream of electric cheap vibes. It's like, so yeah. what if it's fake? And th- so what if it's fake? If we would have never known, it would have still felt real. And it got into some yeah. other like science like science fiction tropes of like sure it was fake, but if the memories were real, if the history felt real, if the experience felt real, does it matter? Mm. And I mean that's that's the whole nature that's a lot of the nature of this show and what it's trying to present, you know? Yeah. But so I, I forgot, like uh when uh when Suki he got bonked uh with got yeah, got bonked, uh Koyomi had a really awesome berserker moment that I thought was yeah. going to flow into a fight. And then it didn't. It was it was basically them holding his head back and saying, Calm down, calm down, little baby. Yeah. Which then when the next episode occurred and it was Shinobu, we're gonna go fight them at the cram school. I said, "Uh oh, oh shit, here we go!" And then I, then the fights actually occurred, and I remember that Aradagi can't do shit. Yeah, it was basically us in the trade episode where you're beating me down about my choice of Neo Yokio, and you're just like, "Fight back!" <laughs> yeah, I'm basically the the evil Pikachu slapping the shit out of you. <laughs> Go, Pika, Pika. Koyomi's strategy was just to keep getting hit. <laughs> yeah, and he got broken. Yeah. And meanwhile, the entire fight, I was saying, oh no, oh no, what if Shinobu's losing? What if things are going bad? Because, you know, Shinobu and them have teamed up at this point with Shinobu taking down, taking some of Aradagi's blood to become teen Shinobu, which I'm sure upset those lowly lovers. Uh, it did not upset me. Oh. But, I mean, it was like, oh, so now it's legal to like Shinobu. (laughs) (laughs) Tell me more. I thought that during the course of that, I thought that we'd see a cool little fight with Ononoki and Shinobu. Yeah. Like, I'd get to see what Ononoki could actually do in a real fight. But nope, there she is just pinned on the wall. Yeah. Also, where did Shinobu get those clothes? They were nice, but where'd she get them? I don't I don't know man. I don't know why things happen in this show. Is it like the clothes being from Dragon Ball Z? Yeah, sure, why not? <laughs> so uh let's see, how did this end? It uh, it ended with Koyomi accepting that Su Sukihi is a fake, but she's still his sister. And he's okay with them. And then Sinjo Kahara said or someone says no it was it was uh, Yozuru said, yeah, sure, you're fine with that. But what about the normal people? What about the rest of your family? Yeah. And it kind of ended there. Yeah, well, he was basically to the to the extent of, you know, Sukihi's real to me, you know. I'll, I'll make them deal with it. It's just our family. Yeah. But then she... Uh, Yozuru is basically the fact of but what about your father how would he feel about it how about your mother knowing she carried a monster and he was just it's fine I'm never going to give up on my sister no matter what she is and then uh, and and, and then it kind of ended, it didn't end it, I 
I always hate these sort of endings or these sort of endings where the guy gets stomped and then it's, I'm never going to give up. Okay, he's never going to give up. I, I, I can't do that. Yeah. He says he's never going to give up. I can't beat that. Bye. The one thing that's kind of core to the Monogatari series is that everyone has their own personal philosophies. And that even yeah. our main character, Koyomi, has his own. And none of them, none of them are right. None of them are the way. Yeah. Aradagi is not inherently correct. Yeah. I mean, if you're, fa- if I'm sure that his family, you know, they would still love Sukihi, but she is a monster and maybe they wouldn't. And like, you could argue that the real Sukihi is the one that was birthed, not the one who was replaced. Because that right. one ne- never made any experiences, never made any impact on anyone else. And it was it was the fake Sukihi that everyone grew up with and had the experiences with. And even Sukihi herself, I don't think, knew that she was a fake. Yeah, I mean, it's apparent that she herself isn't aware by how she acts. And it is kind of... It is very much, you know, what this the entire sort of show is trying to build up to is, you know, what about the nature of what is fake and what is real? And it's kind of on the nose. But what I kind of... It's kind of making me platinum mad. (laughs) (laughs) But I I guess one of the things I, I kind of wanted to tie it in to get all big brainy on you was I kind of wanted the show, when I finished it and I, I sat down and I thought about it, I looked in the mirror, I, I, I put my hand on the, like, on the shower wall while I was taking a shower, and I said, you know, being a teenager is kind of fake in itself. Ooh. Well, I mean, so many feelings when you're younger, and this is just my interpretation. It could be wrong. It could be something that I'm just reading too much into, kind of like what I, I do sometimes. Mm-hmm. So... When I finished it, I said, you know, all of these characters are acting like teenagers. All of them, all of the main cast are teenagers. And all of them are inherently teenage emotions aren't always the most real things we have, you know? Yeah. The feelings I had when I was a teenager, when I was younger, I don't think they're any way near as real as what they actually became. But in the time, what these little fake emotions that I had, these sort of fake experiences of thinking that this was the most important thing in the world. They they felt real to me, you know? Yeah. The the agony of being horny. Like, you know, and the show is very horny. And that's kind of what I, I thought. It's trying to be like a teenager. It's trying to give that teenage experience, which is I'm horny as fuck. Yeah. And that's kind of what Adadagi's feelings and what this kind of entire arc is. You know, you're covered with fakes, these fake feelings that you have being younger you know Senjo Gahara in herself is kind of a fake with how she acts to be a Sundari but she doesn't seem to be actually that way when she's left alone by herself with you know not being around Aradagi and being left alone to her own emotional development yeah and the entire message I was getting sort of the the themes and arcs of teenage feelings this teenage horniness this this youthful sort of reckless abandonment for all things that feel real in the moment is it's kind of really perfectly nuanced to maybe be the kind of story that you would have to think about but again i don't know maybe i'm reading too much into it yeah 
Yeah. Perhaps. But I'm saying yes, and I, I acknowledge that you are saying things, not yes, and I agree with you. Yeah, I know, because it's one of those <laughs> things, like, after I said it, I'm seeing, like, somebody probably thinking, Matt, sometimes a piece of chicken is just a piece of chicken. <laughs> sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Sometimes panty shots are just panty shots, but you're just over there like, are they even real? Sometimes a toothbrush scene is just it's just it's just a substitute substitution for sex. Sometimes curtains are just fucking blue. Maybe. But my feelings are real. <laughs> They're not fake. Yeah. I don't want to get into uh, like younger me and like the the fake feelings of younger me. Yeah, I'm not going to get into younger me either. Younger me did some stupid shit unless you want to. <laughs> we don't have time for talking about our youthful experiences. Nobody wants to hear about that. Maybe we'll Unless... do that for our episode 50. <laughs> Where my father went wrong, episode 50. Ooh. <laughs> Sins of the father. <laughs> when the legs of the father grow too long, you've got to deal with the shins of the father. Bad dad too. He's getting mad. <laughs> Now playing in theaters. <laughs> Where no one's attending because... Be safe. Oh, yeah. The, the hit sequel to Bad Dad, Just a Tad. <laughs> just a tad bad. It's dad. <laughs> he's kind of rad, but he's mostly bad. And that makes me sad. Mm -hmm. But his, my dad's name is Chad. Chad Lad. Uh, Anyways, what are we talking about now? Uh, Who's better, Karen or Sukihi? Fucking Karen. Nani? Sukihi is, is just there. I like Sukihi. Yeah, I like her, but I like Karen more because she, you know, has personality. You know how you were saying in the Baki episodes, like, you like Karen, don't you? I was like, no, I'm not going to say it because I don't know anything about her. Well, now I know a little something about Karen and Sukihi, and I like Karen better. I like sukihi more but i think that's just i like her attitude of i don't even believe in justice i just do it because karen does it <laughs> I, I like that i find her and i like the way she dresses she's really adorable yeah want to protect and and possibly not attack some of the the way she dresses like give me some sweat vibes it's like oh lord what oh lord put something on please you are going well, to I mean, make me go to jail. We can't really do waifu. Well, I guess there's four new female characters, but two of them only have like t maybe 10 episode, 10 minutes worth of screen time. Well, you know, some of the recurring characters have a like a version two now. That's, that's true. That's enough for Bandai to make a whole new gunpla out of it. Yeah, that's <laughs> true. But do you think any of our rankings are going to change? Do you think I'm not going to stand Subasa until I die? Of course not. But my rankings for Kambaro kind of changed. Actually, yeah. Until she like put them in some like twin pigtails, and I didn't care for that. But when she had her long, her freestanding long hair, I was like, "Damn, girl, you got something going on." Actually, Cause, I'm gonna be honest. Yeah, yeah. I'm starting to like Kambaro more. I mean, she's got really good hair color that is really complimentary to her eye color. Very aesthetically yeah. pleasing. 
And it's not just that for me. It's at this point, I'm just, I'm like, what are you, com- what are, what's going on? How do you feel? How do you really feel? And also, again, just that small of the back, I was won over. <laughs> I was like in love with that one scene. And I was like, oh no, uncomfortable boner. You gotta send me a clip, uh, send me a screenshot of that because I missed that and I want to see it. It could, it, it, I will, I will, I'll, I'll put that on your desk. Okay. But I, I do, I am finding myself liking some of Conbaro's antics more. I don't hate her as much as I did on my first run through. So I think she might be above Senjo Gahara by themselves. If Senjo's with Adadagi, then she gets plus like five. Ah, uh, yes, the uh, the Koyomi boost. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Nariko, uh, eh, she's there. Yeah, Nariko was there. Nariko didn't make much of an appearance, and that's kind of unfortunate because in Bake, she totally stole my heart. Yeah, Nariko, 6.5 out of 10, would play Twister with. Yeah, Nautico seven point five would definitely would definitely come over to play life with. Yeah, Kanbar would, would definitely come clean over up to house make with. life with. Oh, heyo. <laughs> um, Senjo Gahara still there. Subasa still the best girl ever. I'm doing, I'm really sad about Teen Shinobu. She like she had more of a personality in this. Too bad is kind of a dick. I like Shinobu, though. Yeah, I like her. I would not want to hang out with her, though. I... You don't want to get stepped on by a little lolly? No. I don't want to get stepped on, period. That's not my thing. Hmm. I don't even want to step on people. That's not my thing. I don't want to be stepped on or stepped on either. I just thought it would be something that I could entice conversation with you from. Well, you failed. Uh, yep. It's not the first time that I'll... (laughs) Not the first time, and it won't be the last time that I fail today. Of all the fetishes you could have picked, you picked the, the wrong ones. Yeah, I don't know why I thought you'd like being stepped on. I guess that's just like, it seems sort of like that degenerate level to where you'd be standing. Yeah. If it's with shoes, hell no, I'm about to beat some motherfuckers. You just step on me with your nasty-ass shoes. We're, we're, we're fighting. Like... <laughs> Even with bare feet, it's 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 very very conditional. Yeah, I don't like feet at all. Feet are weird. There's been a lot of conversations at home about like selling feet pics as yeah. like a pseudo legitimate side biz side hustle. Which yeah, I'm all for if you if you can if you can find some patrons to buy your feet pics, then go for it. Do it capitalize off people's degeneracy i will i will if people want to buy my feet pics just email us at otaku melancholy podcast <laughs> at gmail.com and say matt feet pics i only accept paypal and i'm noticing a worrying trend like with all this conversation about feet pics it's it's just it's one of those things where it's in the mind more and i'm starting to notice more and starting to pay attention more like huh Am I starting to like this? Oh no. Yeah. Like at like at work, whenever a, a certain person was wearing like uh, sandals or open to like open, you know, sandals, not like flip-flop sandals, you know. Y- y- yeah. And I just look at it as like, huh. And that's how a lot of my things start is like it starts out with 
Huh, interesting. And now Hermione's like, this no longer satisfied me. I need more. All of my all of my fetishes have started off as a joke. It was always <laughs> Isn't this funny? But then it turns into that it was actually something I was into. A lot of my fish throw out as like as a uh, additional to one I'm currently looking into, and I notice like, huh, that's interesting. I want to look more into this, and then it becomes a new thing. But there's actually like as an aside, there's actually a very good physiological re- reason as to why so many people have foot fetishes. Didn't we talk about this before? I think so. We gotta we gotta keep up with new ground, man. We can't just can't just repaint the same podcast over and over again. We can't just keep but, retreading old stuff with these worn worn out feet. Oh my god. So, um so did Anunoki and Yozuru do anything for you? They're gonna be on that that that, that scale. Yozuru has that vibe of like that uh, that one character from what was it, Persona four or five? You play Persona, you know who I'm talking about, right? Uh, what? There's it, a lot of characters in those games. It's like the doctor that has the. Oh same, yeah, 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 the doctor from Persona Five. Yeah, the same short black hair with like the, the spiked collar and those very tall platform shoes. Mm. I don't know what it is about these types of characters and those tall gothic platform shoes. I do not care about those at all, and those are in fact, add like a negative modifier to my waifu score interesting yeah and yosuke i like her design but (laughs) seeing the actual character i was like wow you are like as interesting as a can of worms he said with a posed look yeah fuck you (laughs) (laughs) well i don't know i i i I liked her design you know before i even saw it but i just don't know what i think about her character quite yet maybe they'll come back i don't know (laughs) we'll see in the next episode of Utaku Melancholy. Actually, no, I don't think you'll see that in the next episode. I don't know what the next episode's going to be about. I don't know. We're not going to say, because that would, that would mean we'd have to be beholden to past schedules, and we are, we are that not for that. <laughs> no more. No more of, tune in the next episode, we talk this, and then, I don't want to do that. Like, oh shit, I forgot to do this. Uh, uh. So... But, like, okay, so you know the two openers. Or are there three openers? I think there's only two, right? There was three. There was, like, the uh, revamped version of the original OP from Bakemono. The, sta- yeah. like the stable, stable part version two. Yeah. Then there was the Karen opening and the Suki opening. Yeah, Marshmallow, Justice, and Platinum Disco. Oh, my fucking God. Those are wonderful names. I know, right? Fucking Platinum Disco... Like, for one thing, I prefer Platinum Disco's OP. I love that song. I was bopping to it as I was, like... I've been bopping to it in my car. Yeah. But, but fucking Marshmallow Justice and Platinum Disco sound like spin-off versions of... Like, they sound like the subtitles for spin-off JoJo parts. I could see somebody saying, I Platinum Disco! Yeah. Or, Marshmallow Justice! <laughs> Marshmallow, marshmallow justice. And they have like a weird call, you know, because everybody's got a call and JoJo like, <laughs> they're to be like, 
Suki Rocky And then the sidekick will say You flubbed it <laughs> Dead So I liked I liked Platinum Disco I liked it a lot It's yeah. super cute The song is very memorable But I get this Seeing Sukihi Just in, Just doing her little jigs Give me the same vibes I have with Hachikuchi And her OP Just Mildly annoyed For no reason I loved both of these They are both I love Platinum Disco, and again, I was just bopping to it, bopping to it. And the ED, the ED is by Claris, mm-hmm. who I absolutely love everything they do. Claris, they they kind of do the, they always perform in masks, and like you don't really see their face. Yeah, and they did the OPs for all of Orimo, Nisekoi, and something. Oh. Puella Mella Bella Fafella Della Satella Magica. <laughs> oh, I love that one for Ma- Madoka Magica. It's a bop. It's so like uh, despairic. Yeah, but it's also it also fits well when you think that Madoka Magica is actually a magical girl show. It fits both ways. Yeah, it's a, it, they they do great shit. Like I love. Did they I love also, all the stuff they did do? They also do the ED for Bakemonogatari. No, that's somebody else. Oh, okay, I did. I like love the, the ED. I did like the ED yeah. for this one, but I like the one for Bakke better. Yeah, I like I I like the ED for this one more better, but that's mostly just because I love just that sort of weirdly raw sound. That whole one, two, the love. Yeah, it's me. Love that shit. Japanese girls screaming English. Kind of Scott Pilgrim vibes, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. A little bit. We are sex, but yeah, I cannot remember the Karen OP whatsoever. Yeah, I remember the Karen OP sounded sort of like ska to me. Yeah, that's it. That's what it was. Now I remember it. I remember it sounding like ska. Yeah. (laughs) Did you like? (laughs) That's exactly what I thought it was. I was like, oh, J ska. Yeah. <laughs> non Jska. Speaking of, you you ever watch American Funny's home videos? Yeah. That you did you know that opening for, is ska? Yeah. Yeah. What really? Yeah, that fucking blew me away when I realized when I listened to Ska, I was like, this is the opening for America's Funny's home videos. <laughs> <laughs> where you have like the in the background where it's like if you have a horn in your band, you are automatically ska, no exceptions. <laughs> <laughs> that means all high school high school marching bands are actually ska bands. It's been decided. <laughs> I've heard like the criteria for being ska is that the beats are a one three instead of two four. Which after mm. listening to some ska, it's like I hear that now. Oh, huh, that's very interesting. I mean, I I I I don't listen to much ska, but I know ska when I hear ska. I'll tell yeah. you. When you see them rolling in with their black and white checkered shorts. Oh man, I wish I had black and white checkered shorts. You don't. 
I saw. I said I wish. Yeah, you You're don't want to wish. wish. You don't want to wish it. Don't tell me what I want to want to wish. So tell me which one I want to want to want to want. I want to want to. Oh man! Normally we save this kind of buffer for the start of the podcast, but here it is at the end. Damn, yeah. we're, we're giving you treats on both ends. <laughs> we're like we're like a we're like a Darth Maul popsicle stick. Put that in the description. The Otaku Melancholic <laughs> Podcast, the podcast equivalent of Darth Maul with a, a Darth Maul popsicle. Oh, oh! Yeah. So we're gonna get final. Wait, yeah, final Pop scores. Go ahead with yours. Oh man, I can't wait for Nekomonogatari Black, where there's only the only female character is Subasa. So Subasa has to be your best girl. <laughs> be like, who's best girl, Brad? You'll be like, no. <laughs> who's best girl, Brad? <laughs> Say it. No. Say her name. Uh, anyways, final scores. Oh, um, so yeah, go with yours. While Bake felt like a piece of art using multimedia aspects to sort of translate into a holistically new anime experience, which Nisei didn't do, it didn't do the same sort of methodology that Bake implemented, it's still a solid show with a lot of solid characters, a lot of solid discussion, and one of my, what absolutely dominates for me as far as any piece of entertainment is great writing and great dialogue. Yeah. However, I feel like we lost some things getting to this point. There's not the same sort of bake charm where we're mixing live action, we're mixing a variety of things. They toned down the the cue cards hella. Yeah. The cue cards are gone except for during black and red scenes, which were honestly very charming for me. And a lot of that, you know, that sort of same charm of bake has been replaced with horniness. Mm-hmm. Now, don't get me wrong. I am effectively horny like at least once a week which i know is astoundingly a lot is it it is right i feel like once a week's good right shit i get horny every other day and it, <laughs> i don't like it oh. but i don't want to be horny anymore i just want to be happy anyways beside the point i'm trying to make a joke here so everything that sort of was original in bake implementing multimedia you know to create a astounding anime art piece that was telling a fun story mixed with memorable characters has not been replicated as well in Nisei, which feels sort of like just anime, an anime mixed with the same characters with high production value and fun stories and fun characters. But now it feels like we're definitely out to see some panty shots and have sexual innuendos that are meant to be metaphors for sex. But at the end of the day, I'm still finding myself laughing. I'm still finding myself enjoying the time that I spend with Nisei Monogatari. And I even rewatched a few episodes when I realized I needed to catch up, which is something that I don't usually do for anime. So at the, so I have to say that while I still think Bake is vastly superior, this is still an all-around great anime that is just a another fantastic entry in what I'm hoping will be a wonderful series. So I am going to give... Nisei Monogatari, a mm, actually had debate on this. Uh, an eight feels too low, but a nine feels too high. So I'm giving it 
a a hard eight, okay. like an eight point an eight point seven or an eight point eight. So there you go. Okay. Well, to carry on what you were saying about the the uh like the artist the artistic uniqueness of Bakemono, and some of that a lot of that does come by come by in uh in Nisimono. But the vibe I get is that it's it's like they laid the groundwork for Nisemono back in 2009 after they finished Bakemono. And then they came back at 2012 and looked at it and like, it's still there. But they forgot the reason why it was there. You know, like when you start a project, you leave it after some time and you come back and it's like, I forgot why I did this. But it looks good. I'm not going to change it. Yeah. And I didn't. I didn't find myself as encaptured by by Nisimono as I did with Bakemono. And maybe that's because of the characters. Maybe that's because of how they use their time. Maybe it's because like of the difference, the uh, different um, style, the difference in stylistic choices, like the lack of cue cards. Like you said, was I didn't. I I didn't notice it because they weren't there, and yeah, there were a couple uh, like artistic scenes when, say, Arara, like when uh, Koyomi was explaining how to get to the cram school, as like, yeah, he's explaining. We're not going to show this, and a couple cue cards come up. A weird thing was the cue cards in Bakemono felt like they left stuff to your imagination. Whereas the cue cards that come up during certain fight scenes in Nisimono felt like they were covering up instead of like leaving to your imagination. And that it felt a bit disappointing. I still enjoyed like a uh, yeah, I again I enjoyed all the parts with Koyomi and Sinjokahara. And mm-hmm. all the it it's nice to see like their budding relationships that Koyomi has with all these people he's met. But I just wish they weren't so horny. Yeah. So Karen, are the new characters Karen and Sukihi were not really all too engaging. Uh, I'm excited to see some more with uh, Yozuru and Kaiki. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to see what, what score I gave Bakemono. You gave it an eight. I gave it an eight, so I, I, I'll give Nisimono soft seven, leaning towards seven point five. That's a solid score. Oh, it isn't soft. <laughs> I'm a little soft. I'm not. <laughs> yeah, so I I feel like that's a solid score. I do feel like. You're, we're losing a lot. We lost a lot in the show, and it's really fan service heavy. And don't get me wrong, I'm, I'm a big fan of the fan service. Yeah, when but it's tasteful. I don't know. I yeah, and I feel like after Bake being sort of a masterful treat for me, I feel like any sort of fan service would automatically make me just go. Bleh. Yeah, but I still really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed seeing these characters, and I'm invested in their journey at this point and what happens to them. 
but like there's there a go. difference in the fan service in Bakemono where it's like a where the first scene is a panty shot, but it's disguised with uh, Koyomi like having the stopwatch go it's like, all right, it's this many milliseconds of panty shot and I'm recording it with my eye. And it's like, huh, okay. Whereas Nisimo is like, here's panty. Enjoy. Yeah. I guess fan service is nice when it's in the guise of like the protagonist is enjoying it as much. Where it feels like it's meant for the protagonist to enjoy and we just happen to be there. Yeah, I feel that. That's a respectable decision. So, yeah, that's our discussion. I mean, like, we got we got so much more to go. Yep. That has been round two of our Journey Monogatari. Nisei Monogatari. And this has been the Otaka Melancholy Podcast. We have been your hosts, Matt and Brad. Catch us every Tuesday at our website at otakamelancholy.com, where you can find all our previous episodes and where you can find all our streaming sites where we're hosted, and where you can download from any of those sites for on-the-go listening. And you can you can also go there on our website to find our social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Discord. Shoot us an email at otakamelancholypodcast at gmail.com. Give us some suggestions on what you want us to do, or some critique on how we, you think we might get better. Or, 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 request for my feet pics. Oh yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll enter, enter code uh, Harambe30 for, for a discount. 30% off my feet pics. <laughs> but, yeah, and, you know, leave us a review on Apple iTunes. It helps, it really helps us spread really helps us grow and we'll read it out on here yeah feel free to share us to your friends even at the risk of you loot being kicked out of the friend group you can still join our friend group yeah you can just hop in here hop in here we'll be your friends yeah we'll be it'll be fun it'll be great we'll be you your do friends but yeah thank you as always for joining us week after week and if this is your first time then that's pretty cool too I'm about to whip out another classic quote. If I remember to pull it up correctly, I keep forgetting to do set him up. Dude, is this supposed to be a song? It's hurting my head trying to keep up with the rhythm. <laughs> okay, sorry. Like, I thought you did a song bit at the start, and then you faded out, and then you faded back in, and I'm like, what is this boy doing? I'm dying inside. Just like Elizabeth Kelly, who is probably already dead. Don't fact check me on this. As she once said, or as they once said, he who animes you conquers you. That's it. That's show. That's it. That's done. It's gone. Bye. Take care. Gone, bye.